Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 81. Okay, I have a lot on the agenda, and this episode is going to primarily be focused on the recap of Insecure. Yes, Insecure, the show that has gathered us, has a community together online to discuss, to debate, to argue. And there's a lot to say about this. Um, I'll get that in the later half of this episode. So just know that is in the horizon. So hopefully if you have not yet finished this season Please do so, so you could join the conversation. I want to hear your take on Lawrence, Condola, all, just all of them. Molly's ass, who I still don't fuck with, is still no, and the door is closed for her. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. First and foremost, let's talk about my experiences so far dating online. I've given some insight, some <laughs> firsthand experiences that I've had so far since I've reactivated my account on Hinge. Hinge is an, is an online app that is a dating app. It is a very, I, I would say it's user-friendly because it tells you, oh, these are the prompts that you have to include into your picture. So it tells you the amount of pictures that are being shown to the public and the prompts and the captions for those pictures could help generate more people to see your profile. So I guess that just works with the algorithm and all that. And um, there's prompts within your profile, just quick questions on like, it could be as silly or as serious and profound as you like it to be. And it's just pretty cool. It's not your typical, what do you look forward in a mate? Um, what is your biggest fear? I mean, that's a good question, that last part. But like the typical, what do you look forward in a mate is just so mundane and it just lacks creativity. It lacks authenticity. You know, I feel like sometimes we're so used to saying the right things on the first date. And with Hinge, <laughs> it sounds like I'm I'm being sponsored by them. I'm not. But hey, y'all want to. I am open and interested. <laughs> okay. But with this app, it's very user-friendly and it's not intimidating. And I've been on other apps and I would say Hinge by far is the best. So I decided to reactivate it. And primarily because a bitch is bored. Like I just <laughs> like to engage with folks and I have yet to engage with someone who I'm interested in, someone who I'm attracted to, at least on a surface level, and then moving forward to something deeper um, intellectually and all that. So I haven't had that experience since I've cut out the niggas that I've talked about previously, hence reference the Purge episode on this podcast. Go ahead and check that out for your reference. But I've been pretty much to myself as far as communicating with men. And I've been working and reading a lot. So I haven't made time and made space to date to communicate and flirt and be flirted with by men. Um, so yeah, I decided, you know what, let me go ahead and reactivate this account. I say reactivate because 
I had this account previously and I got frustrated. I got frustrated because with online dating, it could be, well, it is a hit or a miss. Not it could be. It is definitely guaranteed for sure you will experience a hit or a miss situation. And by that, I mean, you may only come across ugly ass niggas. Period, point blank. You may come across ugly ass niggas and you may come across people who you do not find stimulating. You know, I am someone who is a sapiosexual. And let me just make sure I get that definition correct because I really enjoy intellectual stimulation. Yes, I got that correct. So sapiosexual is a term that means sexually attracted to highly intelligent people. And I would say that's me. I would say that's me because there is something to holding a strong conversation. There is something to going in the deep end in conversation with someone and not being stranded, right? I want to be able to have a conversation with someone with a man who knows history, who knows nuance, who knows context, who's able to carry on the conversation, who's able to add to the conversation, who's able to challenge my thoughts and I could challenge his. And it's not a, it's not a war between us emotionally. It's just a, a, a game mentally. We're playing, not playing, but we're a part of this journey and learning more. We're curious folks. I love that. And I like to have that I need, I require, I mandate that within a partner. I cannot be with someone who does not satisfy me intellectually, no matter how fine, no matter how much you may check other boxes, right? You may be a, a successful, a financially successful person. You may be fine as fuck, right? You may be chivalrous. That's cool and all, but if you can carry on a conversation, if you don't know how to talk, if I'm talking to you about how slavery is still present or the remnants of slavery is still present in black folks in black folks today in communities in systemic oppression, like if you don't even know what those words mean, lose my number. Like there, there's no there's absolutely no future for us. There's not even a, a present for us. I've already ended this possibility of us. So, and call me an elitist, call me, you know, a, a snob, but I need that. That is part of my requirements when it comes to partnering with someone on an emotional, romantic level. So anyway, I got frustrated with this app and just all the apps, but that was the app I was on previously, Hinge I'm, I'm speaking of. And I got frustrated because I was only coming across dude who had no substance and some of them weren't even, I guess, attractive enough for me. And I just felt like there wasn't much coming from it. I just felt like people just wanted to talk, just to talk. And as much as, as, much as I do like conversation, I like to move forward. Like, okay, I don't like to stay stagnant. Where are we going from it? And there was this particular man who I connected with on Hinge and we ended up exchanging numbers, but he kind of disappeared after a while. And I just got frustrated with that. So I'm decided, you know what? I'm just done. I'm just going to meet people the regular way and it'll be easier that way. Cause it's the worst thing when you're attracted to somebody on 
on their profile picture, you know, um, on their, you know, short little text responses. It's one thing to be attracted to that. It's another thing when you dial that person's number and you hear their voice and you're like, who is this? <laughs> like, you did not live up to this fantasy that I created. And maybe that's just my bad, right? But I think it's also just a reality of online dating. You are not always going to get what you see. <laughs> Shit is not guaranteed. So I got disappointed a lot and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to delete or deactivate or pause my account. And pause is a feature on Hinge and has well as other online dating apps that allows you to not be seen um, by people who are on the app, so you won't be bombarded with requests of likes, etc. So, anyway, fast forward, and that was March. That was March, and I've been online dating previously on and off, but this most recent part was March. So, come now, June, and I've been on this app again for like a week and a half, a week and a half. I decided to return to this particular app to Hinge because I wanted to reconnect with that man. And I'm going to call him Academic Bay. No, that sounds too much like academics. And I don't really care for academics. That guy. Um, let's just say Educated Bay. I'm going to call him Educated Bay. And I'm saying Bay for a reason. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, but so Educated Bay, let's say that. March was when me and him first acquainted. And I just really love this chemistry that was between us. I loved it primarily because it was stemmed off of just strong, enriching conversations. We were able to kind of feed off of each other's thoughts and curiosities and just have conversations about life. And it just felt so organic. It wasn't like, okay, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is this. Okay, what's your favorite movie? Like, it didn't feel robotic and corny. It just felt like a cool, natural conversation. Um, he'll pick up on some of the things I, I mentioned. So for example, he will ask me, oh, what did you get into today? And then I will mention how I was creating content for my podcast, um, writing down the topics that I plan to talk about on my next episode. And he would go off of that and be like, oh, that's amazing. What's your podcast about? Like, go off of that. Has with other guys who I've mentioned that to. And I think I do it as an experiment as well, just to kind of see how people react. Because some people are just not great conversationalists and they don't know when to take this as an opportunity to go further. Like you don't just drop, oh wow, I'm I'm writing or I'm podcasting and then you just let it go. Like, okay, cool. Well, that's great that you do that. I do this. Like you build off of that conversation. It has the same for me. If my person who I'm talking to says, oh, I'm just painting. Oh, really? You're painting. What type of things do you usually paint? Like you build off of that. It's a conversation starter, right? It's more, it's another layer to a conversation that we're having already. So when you have people who don't know how to continue that conversation, it's just a clear sign. This ain't gonna work out. There's no intellectual range. Where's the range? Okay. So 
he'll build off of that. I remember mentioning how I write and he said how he writes and then we connected on that level. So there was a commonality there. I even shared a poem that he requested. Like I want to, I would love to hear, you know, one of your poems. And so we connected on that. He shared a poem that he uh, wrote years ago. And I was the only second person in his life that he has shared that poem with. And it was just felt like a genuine moment that we were building with each other. And it was so fresh. And this was March. Okay. So this was March. We just kind of fell out. Um, and I have more context to that now, but then I got annoyed because I'm like, okay, I didn't hear from him. I ended up sending him a text. I want to say probably a couple hours after not hearing from him or maybe a whole day after not hearing from him. And I sent a vulnerable text. I was just like, hey, I thought we had a connection, question mark. And it, that was a vulnerable text. And I didn't get a response. And I was just crushed. So I just reacted impulsively and decided to delete his number, delete his contact, unhide him and unmatch him from the account. So there was no way of me finding him again and being tempted enough to text him again. And that was my way of, of kind of controlling the situation of saying, you know what, fuck you. I'm not gonna chase after you. I'm done. Blah, blah, blah. And that's my defense mechanism. And I understand that is something I need to work on. Cause me even saying that out loud sounds a little crazy. Right. But it's me being honest, right. God built this podcast is an expression of my honesty. Uh, so yes, uh, that was the reason why I decided to deactivate the account in March. I came back to the account in June because I couldn't stop thinking about this man. And I'm not saying I was thinking about him every moment of every day. No, but he would pop up here and there. And I would remember the moment that we had and the moments that we had. And I would remember the feeling that I had because of those moments. And I'm just like, man, it was so fresh. Maybe there's an explanation. I shouldn't have just reacted like that. Maybe like I would love to kind of just reconnect. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and put my Maxine hat on because a bitch is resourceful and I'm quick to fit. Because I think the normal person, and hence why I'm saying normal, because I feel like I'm not normal, right? But I think a normal person would be like, okay, well, forget it. You don't have his number anymore. Just let it go, move on. No, I'm going to find you again. And my idea, which is what I did, was to return back to Hinge, <laughs> reactivate my account. And mind you, oops, mind you, that included having to act because I deleted my account from Hinge. I didn't just pause it. I deleted it. So I had to go ahead and recreate my profile on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to go ahead and pick out the best pictures. I'm not a picture person, so it's just annoying going back to my pictures. Though I do have a couple of, well, I have a great um, shots of myself that I could use and that I've used, but it's just frustrating going back because I don't regularly take photos. So I found the photos that I wanted to use for my new profile, um, filled out the whole little questionnaire, the quick questionnaire, uh, fill, uh, included captions in my pictures and all of that. So I created a whole account again, just with the only purpose, literally the primary purpose to finding this man, this educated bae, okay? And bitch, I found him. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. And I said to myself, it wasn't going to take long. 
I, I was feeling like this is something that I had to do. I don't, I just felt like I had to do it. Right. So my tactic was to narrow my preferences to say only interested in black men. And, um, I filled that out. Even though I say that hinge was sometimes show me pictures of white men. And, and that's because I didn't click the whole, is this a deal breaker question? So I didn't click that one. And I set the, even though I'm in Boston, I set my location in Houston. So that helped narrow it down some more. And I just figured, even though this is an online app, you know, of course there are people on it. I just feel like we don't recognize how small of a world we live in and how if we really wanted to, we could track down someone if we want, like we could. And mind you, I didn't know his last name then. I know it now. <laughs> so God forbid something else happens again. I can't find him. A bitch could <laughs> even better, but no, I don't see, I don't see that happen again, but I do know his last name now, but then I didn't. So I don't know his first names. I only had that to go off of. And even though hinge um includes your photos from your instagram it doesn't include your instagram name which is interesting i think they just did that because they didn't want to cross promote which i get it business but that was another burden i had to come across so anyway i kept on swiping swiping and find like every time you click yes or no to a potential suitor on Hinge, it shows you the next person, it moves on. So even though there were some people who I thought was attractive off top and I clicked yes for, my sole purpose was to find Educated Bay. Where is Educated Bay? So I kept on you know, selecting no, no, no. And I decided to upgrade my profile on Hinge because if you have a particular membership plan, you get to like or deny as many times as possible within a day. And I realized that on day one, that I couldn't like as much as I wanted to because I didn't have that particular plan. So I decided day two, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead, if I'm really serious about this, if I'm really serious about finding Educated Bay, I have to upgrade my account. And it was just a couple of dollars, you know, a couple of dollars. Um, but look, it was only for, I took the plan that was only about three months. So I think it was in total of $30. It's already paid for, so I can't deactivate anymore. But look, well worth it. Let me just say that. So anyway, I selected that, that plan simply because I wanted to find him quicker. Like I wanted to go ahead and find him better. Because if I didn't, it would have taken longer. Look, it makes sense, okay? So anyway, that's what I ended up doing. So um, day two of me having the app and me swiping, I finally came across Educated Bay. I find, and mind you, there. what's so great about the plan that I'm on, the membership plan that I'm on, is that you know how sometimes when you're swiping left or right on a, on a person, you may be swiping left and left meaning has an X deny. You're not interested, not interested in that person. You may be swiping left so often that you may come across someone and then you're so easily swiping left that you accidentally swipe left on the person who you may be attracted to. You just didn't give him a chance because you just swiped left five times previously. And it's like, okay, left, left, left. 
I almost swiped left on Educated Bay. And what's so great about the plan that I was on, that I'm on, is you get to go backwards and go back to that person and be like, oh, hold up. <laughs> on second thought, never mind, you know? And that's what I love about Hinge. Look, they better sponsor me at this point. But that's what I love about Hinge because I remember a previous app that I had, I don't know if it was Tinder or Bumble, it was a previous online dating app that didn't allow for me to go backwards. It did not allow for me to go back to, backwards. So that was frustrating. But with Hinge, I was able to go backwards in case I decided, never mind, let me get this person a chance. So I came across Educated Bay and I was like, match. <laughs> match, nigga. We back, we back, we ready. What's up? Okay. It was a set. He matched right back because, hello, why wouldn't he hello? <laughs> and initially, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to remember me. <laughs> he's going to remember the moment that we had. And, yes, it was in March, you know, too, because at this point, I was still in, it was still in June. So it wasn't June. Maybe it was the end of May. But, you know, still a couple of months after March. It's not fresh off of March. It's a couple months after. So he <laughs> could have very much forgot about me, which he did. <laughs> I wouldn't say completely though, because there was a point when I thought he was going to remember me and he asked me like a regular first question type of question. It was, oh, what made you move to Houston? Or what, um, why did you move to Houston? And I realized, oh, this nigga don't remember me, huh? So I went ahead and exposed, hey, I guess I guess he don't remember me. We met in March, or we connected in March. And he said how, oh man, I remember. Or like, I knew you look familiar. So it was coming back. It was rekindling for him. Anyway, we've reconnected since. And we've been conversing. Um, I really like him. Like, I like him. I enjoy the conversation that we have. And I love that. Oh, let me not say love yet. But you know, I really like the intellectual range that this man has. Like, I am stimulated intellectually. And I do find him attractive physically, according to his pictures. We haven't FaceTime yet. We haven't um, video chatted at all in any capacity yet. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but... I did notice that he showed an updated picture on his Hidge account. So I'm assuming this is his most recent look. Like, this is what I would expect if I were, like, if and when we do communicate via video chat. So ain't no catfishing. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> but what I do like some more is that we're, we're it's just, it's just genuine. Like, He's not speaking to me in a way that's that's just primarily lusty. You know how some guys would just immediately lustify a situation? They'll just start talking about, man, you, you have some beautiful lips. And it's like, nigga, I, I was talking about my day. Like, how was my lips in this conversation? Um, you know, so I, I don't like that. And I, I really don't like it when men, and I get this a lot with men, they feel like it's a, com uh, a compliment. And look, I don't think I don't think men who do this are doing it out of mal intent, right? Of course not. So let me just make that clear. But I do notice that being a darker skin, melanated beauty that I am, I recognize that a lot of guys would say, 
oh, you look like a Hershey kiss. Oh, I love dark chocolate, right? And as, okay, like, thank you. But it's also like, I'm not food, right? And maybe you can't eat me, you know, theoretically or literally. Um, still, I'm not food. I'm not a meal. I'm a human being. And I want you to see me as such. You can still praise my beauty, but let's use different words. I don't want to be compared to a candy bar. Sorry. I don't, I don't want to. I, I'm not a candy bar. I'm not your, your chocolate kiss. Please address me differently. Okay. Um, and what I really appreciate about Educated Bay, he has yet to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to just immediately say he's never done it. Look, you never know, but he has yet to do it. And what he does call me is brown skin. <laughs> brown skin girl. Okay, like you better give Beyonce a shout out. Huh? You better shout her out every time. You better give her praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am not the saying God in vain, but you know what I mean. Like, come on. So he'll say brown skin. And he hasn't lustified the situation at all. Um, it's just nice. It's nice. It's refreshing. It's liberating. And I really enjoy where we are. Um, we hit, not a point, but I realized that I am a vocal person, right? Obviously, I have this podcast. I have this platform that I'm so grateful for. I am a vocal person. And I'm the same way in my relationships. And that's a long time coming, I feel like, because I remember in previous relationships and previous dating experiences, maybe not all of them, but many of them, I was not as vocal. I was not someone who would casually and comfortably, particularly comfortably, speak up on my boundaries, on what I like and what I don't like, or even sometimes not saying it straightforward is obviously a thing that people don't do, right? But I think sometimes when you casually mention or you're talking in other explanations on some things that you like, some things that you don't like while dating or meeting someone or forming new friendships and relationships, some people are not as bold, right? And that was something that I never really was in my um, interpersonal relationships. But I was so bold in my um, solo expression of myself. Yet, I have grown to be the same way in my relationships. And I'm so proud of that. So where was I going with this, though? Um, okay. So we, I want to say hit a point of, ugh, let me just make sure I'm getting that definition right. Hit a point of contention. Okay. So no, no. We didn't have a disagreement, but we needed a moment of clarity that I felt was wasn't as there for me, right? It wasn't present. And I say that because there was a day and a half that I was not hearing from him and I was not understanding, hello, like we had a great, con we had a great, and mind you, when I say we have enriching conversations, it's long conversations, like phone calls on the phone, okay? Not nobody's text message for all hours of the day. No, no, no. A phone conversation, you know, the old school back in the day conversations, you know, when you will dial a number and the phone will ring and you'll talk. That's what we had. <laughs> and it lasted for an hour and a half type of conversation. So 
it was strong. And that's some of the things that I used to love when I was younger. And I still love now, but I never really had that again since dating in my adult life. So um, having those conversations with him was great. So we will start off with a strong conversation. And the next day or two, I didn't hear from him. And I remember texting him the next day after our long phone call conversation. And I reached out. I was the one who reached out first. And we had a cool text message conversation, but he was tied up doing something. Um, he's actually currently in school, grad school, and he works in a mental health facility. Like he works at a hospital, but he's within the mental health department specifically, specifically. And so just to give some context on that. So this is his, his space. And the next day I just didn't hear from him. I didn't hear from him. And I was feeling just prideful just because I reached out to him the day before I want him to reach out to me. I want him to make that move. Like I deserve to be catered to. And that's valid. That's so valid. And I stood in that and I didn't get a response from him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like what happened? What's going on? Like I didn't hear from him at all that day. And that, that day was a weekend. So I think it was a Saturday in particular. So I didn't hear from him at all. And I was just disappointed. I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? Let me just let it be, you know, let me not react impulsively like I did before and delete his number and unhide him and unmatch him from the account where I can't find him again and do this whole thing. Like, I don't want to repeat the same thing. So I decided to, you know what, I'll just chill for the moment and then I'll figure out what I want to do next. So, okay, cool. So in the meantime, to kind of get my mind off of it, I decided, you know what, I'm going to reach out, not reach out, but I'm going to continue liking and swiping on the app. So I go back to the app and I'm liking and swiping and I came across this other guy who I'm just like, oh, he looks kind of cute on the pictures and okay, cool. So we match and I'm going to call him skinny nigga. Yes, I'm I'm saying nigga again. (laughs) And I might just switch between slim and skinny nigga because he preferred to be called slim, but he's skinny. Like, don't eat nigga. Like, I should actually call him, I don't eat nigga. Like, that's his name. He doesn't eat, pretty much, because no reason why a man should be that skinny. Um, Like, are you okay? So, <laughs> I'm dead ass. Are you okay? <laughs> do you... Do you want something to eat? Are you fall? Are you about to faint? Are you falling down? What is happening? So, um, <laughs> I'm dead ass. So anyway, he um decided. So we match, okay? So we match, and the pictures on, like I said, the pictures on an app, on any online dating app, are always going to be the best pictures of yourself, of course, right? If you everyone's deceitful in some way, right? You don't want to show that pimple, right? Or maybe that large forehead that you have, the whack messed up hairline that you have, or the lack of abs that you have, or those skinny ass arms and legs that you have. You don't want to show that. So of course you're going to take a picture while you're sitting in the driver's seat of your car, right? And you're going to position in an angle that doesn't show those features, right? You're going to wear a hat to cover your hairline you're not gonna be honest so the four and three pictures that he showed that was already on his profile 
was great, was looking good. And I do remember there was one picture where he had a filter on. And you know, we all put filters, whether it's like to kind of take away a blemish on your skin. Um, this filter in particular was not skin related. It was simply, it was literally a whole mask filter. Like <laughs> he looked like a pirate. He had a pirate filter on. I it was that should have been enough for me, but there was three other pictures that showed him. Um, in those particular angles, of course, but it showed him without the feature, uh, the filter. So I decided, you know what, let me just say hello. Let me just say hello. See what happens. Okay. So we matched and it was just the, the conversation thread is enough for me to know whether I could see anything between us, right? Whether I see this just has a, a moment in time just to kind of quench my boredom or if this is something that I can see lasting longer. And like I said, intellectual stimulation is the only way to get me going. Seriously. Anything else, you will just be a moment in time play. Seriously. That's just how it is. And ask every nigga in my past. <laughs> Shit, they could attest, okay? Ask church nigga, ask all, ask all of them because if you don't do the one thing that I require, and that is intellectual stimulation, and not on no, oh, I'm a Dr. Umar <laughs> type of <laughs> follower stimulation. I, no, nigga. I don't need to be stimulated on just conspiracy theories. That's not enough. Like, that's just something that you do for fun, right? I want to know if you know the connection between Black relationships and how they are now from how they were designed to be since slavery days. I want to know if you could have those type of conversations. That's, nigga, do you know your history? Like, I want to have those, like, do you understand your ancestors? Do you understand what they went through? Like, talk deeper. Come on, come on, come on, okay? So anyway, he's not that. He's not that, okay? So I wrote down a couple of things I realized that showed me enough of what I didn't want in a partner and that, that I knew was just clear signs of lacking any type of intellectual range, okay? And I know I sound elitist, and maybe I am, bitch, whatever. Get on my level. That's just what it is. Okay, so first part, first part, I say like that. First part is the fact that he always wanted to play games, literal games. Not, you know, be able to play mental games, mind games with you, you know, gaslight you. No, no, no. I'm talking about games via iMessage. I'm talking about pool, archery, like through iMessage. And one time he decided, well, he asked, oh, do you have games? Like, have you played games on iMessage? And at that point I decided to, cause we were talking initially on the app, of course. And then he gave me his number and it was like, okay, cool. Let me just text him, see, you know, whatever, fine. But whatever. So prior to the transfer of communication from the app to the, to the phone, um, through text message, I noticed that he lacked any substance in his conversation methods with me. So for example, he will call, he'll say kind of, kind of corny lines that just, didn't like it just wasn't fruitful so for example he'll say something like da, 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 what he said so he asked me 
well, you know, what, what are some of the things do you like to do for fun? And I mentioned, and that's the thing that I feel like that is just such a typical question. Like, instead of asking a direct question like that, oh, what do you like to do for fun? What do you do on your off time, right? Don't ask that. How about you just figure that out as we just have genuine conversation, right? And that's what I mean about knowing how to converse. There's a way to do that without sounding so robotic. Hey, what's your favorite movie? Hey, what's the last thing you read? Like, how about we just talk about that naturally, right? You just mention, you naturally ask, um, hey, how was your day today? And then I happen to mention, oh, I worked on my podcast today. And with that being said, he'll build off of that, right? And then we have more of an organic conversation. Then I talk about a particular topic that I covered in my podcast. And then he'll add his two cents on that topic. You know, like build off of that conversation. You don't just ask a direct direct question by saying, hey, what do you like to do for fun? Hey, what do you do on your spare time? Um, He also said things like, do you mind me getting to know you a bit? Huh? Like, are we doing that right now? Like, just naturally let that flow. Don't ask a specific question. It just ruins the organicness of it all, right? Um, so he'll say, do you mind me getting to know you a bit? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, things you feel a friend should know. Like, what the fuck is... who? I don't know. I like to go to sleep. Like, what, what does that mean? I like to eat food what you just realize that as you converse with someone you just realize oh it seems like you really love to talk and express yourself what do you like to talk about in your podcast? like that's just organic right or it seems like you really love to read what's the last thing you read what was that book about like that's just mind you me and educated bay had that organic conversation i talked about a book that i was finishing up on and we just talked about it and it was nice to talk about the themes of the book and uh, something about intellectual conversation just gets me going. Okay. So yes, he said those uh, statements. Um, what's some things you like to do in your spare time? Do you be having much spare time? And I remember I answered that question. And I said, oh yeah, you know, now I do since the last day of school ended, you know, I'm done teaching until the next school year returns. And, um, but right now I do spend some time um, working with a social justice group at my job. And instead of taking that as an opportunity to learn more about that, right? Learn something that I clearly am interested in, that I am clearly involved in, that I'm seemingly passionate about, take that as an opportunity to get to know me more, right? Instead of saying, do you mind if I just get to know you? Like he'll say little, like literal things, like, do you mind if I get to know you some more? I would definitely love to continue getting to know you and see what we could build. It's like, build what? Are you Bob the Builder, nigga? What are we building? This is just conversation number two. What are we talking about? So yeah, he said all those things. And yeah, when when I responded with the whole, oh, you know, social justice movement at my school, I'm a part of it. He just, I feel like he just read by it and just continued with what he wanted to say, right? Because he did not at all 
feed off of what I just said, right? He didn't look at that as an opportunity to really get to know me more, right? This is what he was wanting to do. He's not looking at as an opportunity to get to know me more. Instead, he's just saying, literally his next response was just, okay, well, hey, uh, the state is reopening. We should go out and do some bowling. And it's like, what? What is it with you in these games? I don't... <laughs> I'm not interested in bowling, nigga. Take me to stake for the A's. Okay, and this brings me to the realization how broke this nigga is. Look, at, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. No, no, no. I'm not flying commercial. I'm doing a private jet, nigga. Okay? I'm. Uh, <laughs> where's the jets? And that's figuratively, but hopefully one day, literally, but my point with that is I don't want to date backwards, right? I don't want to date someone who is financially inept, okay? And people don't just come right out and say, well, some people, many people do. Many people do just come right out and say, I'm broke. I'm broke. I ain't got it like that, right? Which is hate. I hate that speech. Don't speak that language. That's negativity. Don't speak like that. And I've learned that. You guys have grown with me throughout this podcast and notice how I've changed my rhetoric when I would use language like that previously. When I would say, I even had a whole episode talking about when I was broke and how devastating that was and how just crushing of a confidence and self-esteem that was. And growing from that, I don't want to be with anyone who is not on that same path as me, right? If you are constantly talking about how broke you are. Nigga, I don't want to hear that shit. Figure it out. I figure it out, right? I figure it out, right? And if um you need help figuring it out, sure, I could help you. Sure, I could point you to resources and offer you some wisdom, right? But if you are staying in a space mentally that is so fixated on being this just this broke ass nigga, I don't, I'm not there anymore. I'm not. So that's, that's what that looks like for me. Um, and just to kind of go back and give more context to that, Church nigga was very much like that. He had a mindset and behavioral pattern that just was not mature enough for me. He would often say how he's broke or he ain't got money. He, need, he needs more money. He ain't got it. Blah, blah, blah. Like he'll kind of splur it out here and there in conversation. And I pick up on shit. I listen. I listen to that. And it's enough for me to know we're not we're not matched. We're not matched. And that's okay. We're not all going to be on the same space, but we all have the free will to decide whether or not we want to be in that same space with that person, right? If that person does not match your space, your your um wavelength and growth, then nigga, bye. Period. Okay. So a sign that made me realize that um excuse me, um, that skinny bae, ew, not bae, skinny nigga, sorry, <laughs> skinny nigga is broke, is that he would mention having, like, our first date to be at this bowling spot. And it's like, you want to eat fries? Like, that's that's what it sounds like to me. You want to go out to McDonald's. That's what you want. That's, that's what it is? Okay. Like, bowling? And I'm all for having fun. I am. But what are we going to eat? Okay, for someone who's as skinny as you are, we need to get this together. What are we going to eat? So he said that um, there was a point when he asked me, do I love the water? 
And I said, yeah, I do love water, but I'm not a swimmer, though. I don't know how to swim. He doesn't either, he said. And he's he's from Florida, Florida, <laughs> Florida. And he said how um, there's beautiful beaches in, in Florida. And he said, you know, if and when we do become more, you know, more of anything, he would love to take me to Florida. And he said, yeah, you know, we'll just hop in my car and drive down there. And I was like, nigga, what? We'll drive where? To the airport, you mean? <laughs> you mean to your jets? You, We're driving where? Because I'm not. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not driving anywhere past four hours. Shit, and that's even too long for me. I used to do that when I was younger. Me and my family will drive down to New York from Boston for hours. And that's just like a little family trip. That was nice. That was something you do. We that that's something that we done every summer for a few years in my childhood. That was great. But as an adult, four hours may be too much. Look, no, no. Two hours tops is my limit. And I've done that before recently um, in Texas. From Houston to Austin is two hour limit. Not limit, but two hour distance. And it was a pretty great drive. It was pretty quick. It was fine. That's fine for me. Like I it's illogical to um fly to Austin from Houston. Like, nigga, just drive. That's fine. But you're talking about eight hour trip, an eight hour driving trip to Florida to go to a beach. Are you okay? Like this is, you really thought this through? That was your plan? And I mentioned, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing no eight hour trip in a cooped up car. He's like, dang, how you know how to coop? I'm like, you have a coop? He's like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a two passenger, but there's, there's, seat, there's space in the back. No! <laughs> but just think about it, like, I, no, I can't even. I'm not doing that. I bougie, bougie is me. Bougie is thee. No, I'm not doing it. Ain't nobody driving. Nobody's eight hours crunched up in your two seater Sion. No, this is unattractive. So I'm like, no. Why don't we just get a flight? <laughs> I'm sorry, so rich. I'm really not this way. But this certain things, I'm just not doing. Okay, I'm like, why don't we just get a flight? And it just didn't dawn on him. He's like. Oh, I mean, we could do an eight-hour trip. Like, so it's just cheating. That's just clear for me, right? That's that's clear for me to know. Oh, he's just broke. He would rather not spend because he either doesn't have it. He either just can't afford it, right? To spend that money on a ticket when he could just spend his time driving instead. I just see it as look, as much as something may be, I think it's much more worth it for me to get on a plane than for my time to be in disdain in a car ride for eight hours trapped in a two-door Sion. I'm not, I'm not at all impressed and I need this to stop. Okay. So that was a clear example of that. And, you know, the whole bowling data idea. I'm not saying you got to tell me, oh, we're going to go to Captain, you know, Ruth Smith's or is that what it's called? I forgot that restaurant name. But, you know, those fancy ass restaurants. I'm just saying bowling is not. No, we do that shit after three months. OK, we'll do that then. But that's not where I'm at. And so it was clear to me 
there's just a lot of differences. I'm not interested in bending because this is enough for me to escape. Okay. Um, he, I noticed also, cause many of the people who I came across on, on hinge, not Instagram on hinge were college educated. They would include the name of the colleges that they graduated from. And I noticed on his, cause I went back to his account to kind of, you know, get more context of who he is. I didn't just understand him more. Right. So mind you, the account doesn't give you so much. You just kind of bit, you just have to kind of draw conclusions based off of what it shows. Right. So on his account, it says Booker T Washington for his education. I'm like, I haven't heard of a college named Booker T. Washington. What, what college is that? Where did I come out? Because I know this nigga's older than me. Well, he's 31, so um, this ain't no new college. Like, <laughs> where did this college come from? So I ended up asking him. I'm like, hey, I noticed your account says Booker T. Washington, question mark. And he said, oh, yeah, that's the high school I went to. I dropped the phone. I dropped the phone. I dropped the phone and I stood there in a freeze moment. You know how you play that game, freeze tag? And you have to freeze as soon as someone tags you. And when someone tag you again, you're unfro- you know, you're unfrozen. I was frozen. This, that was it. I was frozen. And I'm just like, huh? Your high school? Yeah, okay, your high school. So what, what's the college that you graduated from? look and I'm look I want a college educated man period and I'm not I'm not wrong for wanting that look there are so many people out there who have been who have been successful without a college degree and that's great you know a lot of immigrant families um started off their generation without college degrees and that's great I don't want a man who doesn't have one because oftentimes those who don't have one don't have the intellectual range that I am attracted to. And this is a clear cut case of that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was just turned off, but in that moment, I didn't want to sound judgmental. I don't want to be like, Oh, you didn't go to college. Why didn't you go to college? Like, right. We all come from different backgrounds that are not similar in opportunities and privileges. So he may not have had the privilege, the opportunity, the funds, the resources to attend college. So I didn't want to beat him up on it. And I was thinking in that moment, okay, let me just let me kind of fill him out some more to see where he is mentally. And let me just say this. There is an, a level of intellectual conversations that people have once they are college educated. When you attend college, when you graduate from college, when you are in a college campus, um, in a college lecture course, when you are in those spaces, you are exposed to different mindsets. Your mindset is challenged. You are exposed to literature that expresses different perspectives. You are enriched. You know, you are grasping different identities, different arguments. You're learning. You're learning, period. You're learning. And when you are not college educated more times than not from my experience more times than not you lack any 
opportunity to be success to be successful in those conversations, right? Because you don't know what nuance is. You don't know the historical context of that. You don't know. You don't fucking know. And I feel like when I said to him, "Oh, what I do for fun," and I mentioned podcasting, that nigga probably didn't know what podcasting was. You know, because if you did know, wouldn't you say something like? Hey, oh, what did you talk? What do you talk about in your podcast? Or hey, I love podcasts. I listen to brilliant idiots. Like, you know, like you'll build off of it. This thing I didn't know how to build off of it. And that's something, and it's not just college. That's what I'm saying. Like that, but that is definitely something that being college educated grants you that access point mentally to have right um and like i said not just college there are many people who are not college educated who have been around people who are college educated who have a strong group of friends who are intellectually engaging and so they have that opportunity to learn and grow from them right so that's great and all but this nigga clearly doesn't have that okay so it just continue to add to my reason why I was not attracted to him. So I was just annoyed with that. Um, we ended up talking about it. I brought it up. I said how, you know, hey, you know, do, are you, you know, what made you not want to go? Did you not want to go to college? What made you not want to go? He apparently didn't take education seriously. That's already another red flag, nigga. What? You don't value education? I am in education. I teach. Like, that is a turn off for me. If we can't meet there, then we're not meeting, period. So it was all of those things. Um, he ended up sending, we were talking on the phone. Oh my God, this is the main part that really kind of took it off. Like, I'm surprised I didn't start off with this one. But baby, I took, I, yo, I accepted that call. And the voice that I heard on the other end, I was like, am I in a Mark Twain film? Huh? Is this, who is this person on the, when I, when I tell y'all this nigga had a twang, a twang in his voice, okay, this Alabama, and I said Alabama at first, and I ended up finding out that he is, his family's from Alabama, like, that's his roots, that's where, well, his direct lineage, at least, so, Yo, it was just so country, okay? And I felt like he just was a great representation of the stereotype of country folks being uneducated, you know, being kind of kind of slow. <laughs> Look, some sometimes most of the time stereotypes are based off of truth, okay? Doesn't mean that all country folks are like that. But a good majority, not majority, but a good chunk of them are, okay? And this nigga is. So he was very much so like a typical country-ass bumpkin, okay? And the twang in his voice, the, Nang, ma'am, yes, ma'am, like just... I, I'm sorry, who is this? Is this the same person I was talking to through text? This wasn't the voice I imagined for you. It was just so disturbing. Pussy was dry, okay? That's that's all I got to say. Pussy was dry. And I mentioned that to her. I was like, hey, you know, you got a strong-ass accent. And look, I told y'all, I am more vocal than not on um, in my relationships, in my discussions and conversations with men. I'm very vocal. So me saying that, I guess, 
maybe rub them the wrong way. I don't give a fuck, but no, you got accent. I'm, I'm going to say, like, it's clearly the elephant in the room. You have a whole accent. And I find it often that people who are uncomfortable with their ass accent are quick to deflect, right? They're quick. So he was quick to say, oh, I don't have an accent. I sound like a regular, I sound like a city boy. What? The fact that you said city boy, and I said it to him, like, the fact that you said city boy is my point. <laughs> this is the point that I'm making. You have made it for me. You have validated this point. Ew. And so there was that. Um, so <laughs> I just, I couldn't get past it. So, and his accent just didn't match the images that I saw of him. It just, it just didn't match the face that I saw in these photos. Like I wouldn't presume this man in this photo had this twang ass accent. No. So anyway, he ended up, I guess, so he kept on deflecting. It was kind of a little defensive about it. I let it rest. Um, and there was points in the conversation when he said something like how he lives in the North side of Houston and I'm in the Southwest side. As many of y'all may know, Houston is a big-ass city, and if you live in different towns, you, that means you are at least 35 minutes away from that person, okay? So it's very difficult sometimes forming relationships with people who live all, on, like, a whole different fucking planet, and we're still in the same city. Like, it's literally the strangest thing. So north side and southwest side is a little far from, it is far from each other, a good 45 minutes. So I mentioned how, oh, dang, you're far. He's like, no, I'm not far. I'm like, mm, yeah, you are. He's like, you're far. I'm like, okay, yeah, so you're far too. That That's what that means. If I'm, if you're far from me, that means I'm far from you. That means there's, there's farness between us. Like, it's just, are you okay? <laughs> you can't admit that we're, that you're far from, from me. I felt like, me pointing that out was a way for him. It was him. I feel like his reaction to that was his way of trying to no, trying to justify or trying to make light of it because he still wanted something to come into fruition between us. I feel like he didn't want that to be a factor, right? An obstacle. So he'll say things like, well, you know where this, where Deerbrook Mall is? I'm like, yeah, I know where that is. Like, yeah, I'm just 15, 20 minutes away from it. That's far still. Like, <laughs> that's, nigga, that's, so that's an additional, so let me get this straight. So going on the highway, driving on the highway to get to Deerbrook from where I live in the Southwest side of Houston, that's already a good 30 minutes. So now you mean to tell me from my point A to the point B of that Deerbrook Mall that you mentioned, there's an additional 20 minutes that I have to add on to that because you you just live a mere 20, 15 minutes away from that mall. Nigga, no. And the thing with Houston is it's Highway City, Highway Central. So if you get on the wrong lane, you happen to get off the wrong exit, that's an additional hour. You might as well turn around or pull over until you want to drive again because there's a whole nother route that you got to take that's going to take much longer than you would like for it. So it's not convenient. When someone lives far from you in Houston, it's just like, do you really want this to work? Like, does he check off the list? <laughs> because if it doesn't, don't, don't, period. So 
Um, yeah, it's a lot of things, a lot of things wrong. He, while we were talking, he was, and he ended up showing me, he sent me, he was sending me some pictures of himself. And the first two pictures that he sent, and like I said, this goes with the whole, he plays the games, uh, kind of immature route that I've noticed in him. The first two pictures he sent was him in a filter. Like, nigga, are you okay? Like, did you just figure out there's filters? Like, it just, when people are just so filter happy. You're, suddenly you're a pirate and now you're a chef <laughs> with a little curly mustache. Stop. Can you just show yourself? I just want to see your, the real you. Is that okay? So your first image he sent to me, he started off with, yeah, you know, I just hope you could take what, um, what, you know, some things about me. I gotta, I gotta let you know, you know, I'm going to send you something. I'm like, okay. So he's building up this moment of suspense. I'm thinking it's serious. Nigga sent me a picture of him in old face. Well, there was another picture that he sent out of him in old face, but this first picture of old face was particularly old um, facial features. So he had a a gray beard. He said, "Yeah, and I just hope you could take these these gray gray follicles." And I'm just like, "Okay, sir." Is this like it just felt like a dad joke, which goes into the fact that he is a father. I forgot to say that he's a dad. There was a picture in his profile that I noticed he had um a little girl with him. And I'm just thinking, I'm hoping maybe that's his niece, which is never why you gotta have your niece in your photo on a dating app. Like, no, naturally, people are gonna think, Oh, that's your child, right? So that was a child, seven years old. No. <laughs> I don't want to do baby daddies anymore. So that was another strike against him. But yeah, so the photos that he sent me initially were like playful photos, him with a filter on. The second photo was him in old face. So how he would look like potentially if he was 65. And it's just like, this is boring. Stop. I'm not being engaged intellectually. Like this is the conversation that we're having. Remember at one point he asked if I wanted children. And it's like, we haven't even reached a level in our conversation that there's any stimulation intellectually that I keep referencing. Um, we haven't reached that point. Now you want to talk about children? And my response was a real response. It was like, well, you know, I never really like was one of those girls who pined over having a set of babies or different names. I did think of names for like potential children I, that I may have. Um, but I was never the type of woman who was like, oh my gosh, my wedding day. Oh my gosh, can I have to be a mother? It never was like that. What's my primary focus is to having a strong foundation, a strong relationship with, with someone whom I love and who loves me back. And we have a strong, you know, substance with that. And then we can produce a child. You know, that's just priority for me. Just the substance, the foundation to be strong. And I felt like he just didn't hear any of that. And literally right after I said that, his response was, yo, I would love to have a son. Because he has a daughter <laughs> and he doesn't have a son. So yeah, I would love to have a son, continue the name, continue my legacy. And it's like... <sighs> I'm not going to bear you a child, sir. This is, you can love to have anything you want. It's not going to be with me. <laughs> no, I am not the one. Okay. So the fact that you just con continue to just miss or just miss, pretty much miss the points that I made 
about waiting and making sure the foundation with my partner is strong before I have a child with, you just completely missed that, chose to ignore it. And all your response was, I would love to have a son. Okay. Like as if that's, are you applying pressure? Cause delete block by. Okay. So Okay. Yeah. So there's that. He ended up sending me some more pictures because I was asking him, like, I think he just wanted to prove that he wasn't a catfish because he was the one who brought that up. He was like, I just want to make sure you know I'm not a catfish. And I'm like, uh-huh, okay, that's good. That's good to know. Um, and the pictures that he sent were not the well <laughs> manipulated photos that he had on his profile. When I tell y'all the pictures that he sent, showed me the real nigga had i seen these pictures instead i would have been like no delete and block okay that would have been the option that i chose his third picture that he sent me was another one of those manipulated photos he had his cute hat on so that covered his hairline that i'm about to talk about <laughs> i'm about to talk about he had his uh hat on he had his nice little goatee and a plain white shirt in his car, leaned back. It was this nice posture. And his hands, not his hand. Well, his hands wasn't showing the photo. And you couldn't really see his arm. And you can't, I mean, you could kind of tell in this photo that there's not mass muscle in his arm. But because his arm is not a main center part of this photo, I didn't focus on that too much. But I did notice that. So I'm like, okay, this is a nice cute first picture. Again, is is um it's the same, it's similar to the, the profile pictures. And then baby, the next set of pictures that he sent me, I was like, okay, I'm catfished. Like you could be catfished by someone who is the same person on his photos, but is not the same. Like this may be the same person, right? But let me tell you, let me really show you who I, how I really look like, right? I may still be the same black man, but I'm really, really skinny. I know I didn't show that initially and uh, I don't have a hairline and I know I, I didn't show that initially because I had a hat on and uh, I dress like I'm in the 2000s, like literally year 2000. I dress like that. When I tell y'all the next picture he sent me, he looked like he was in a chingy. He looked like he was chingy. Chingy, what's up? Why your ass up? Ching? I don't know. Here they go. Like literally this nigga is chingy. I was like, oh, when did you take this photo? Because <laughs> that's the that's the only question you could ask, right? When did you take this photo? Because if you give me the context of, oh, I took it in year 2002, 2000, and 2000 then okay, I'll give you some pass. Let me tell y'all, this thing I said, I took this photo two weeks ago. Okay, two weeks ago, 2020, two weeks ago? Oh, you mean two weeks ago? Like, we're still in the same year two weeks ago. Okay, this is not going to work out. When I tell y'all he had a white beater on, large, you know how niggas will wear, literally think of Chingy. Like, literally go ahead and go on Google, type in Chingy. Look out how Chingy was <laughs> wearing clothes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with y'all. Like, literally, this is how he dressed. And I'm just sitting back like, oh, 
you thought this was cute. Like you chose to wear this outfit and leave your house in this outfit. This was a choice. Okay. So the shorts he had on all the way down to his calves on his, you know, on his leg. He had his brown belt that looked like a grandfather belt. He had these oversized Jordans on. That's some, like, I feel like not even my students will wear this outfit. What's happening? What is happening here? He had this oversized hat on, this cap on, and the sports wear type of glasses on. And I asked him again, when did you take this photo? Two weeks ago. That was his answer. So it was at that point, I knew for certain this ain't gonna work. Okay. If if all those other reasons prior were not enough, this one is okay. <laughs> I shouldn't even show him, but this one is. This one is okay. Why are you just like that? I'm like, oh, you know. Dang, you are kind of skinny. He's like, oh, no, I don't like that word. I don't like that word skinny. I like slim. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you're real slim. And that slimness is, is accentuated when you're wearing baggy clothes. You have on a baggy pair of shorts, oversized sneakers, a heavy-ass hat on your head. Of course, you're going to look like you're being swallowed up. And he's walking. It's like a candid shop, a candid shot that is not candid you know one of those fake candids um he's looking off into the distance and he's walking towards the camera so whoever took this photo for of <laughs> for him really thought they were helping him like whoever did this is the enemy like clearly you don't have friends or clearly this person is not a friend anyway so that was the photo that really set it off for me he said yeah, yeah, I have another photo of me, you know, wearing more fitted clothes. The next photo, I noticed that, yeah, his skinny is skinny because you you know how you someone's skinny, you, you could kind of see their outprint of their bones in the jeans that they're wearing or any set of, set of pants that they're wearing? Yeah, that was clear here. And I ended up zooming in and his facial features was just not how it looked like on the app. And that's what I'm talking about, catfish. Like, and I'm not saying he went on Adobe, what is it, Adobe, Adobe Photoshop. I'm not saying he did that and, you know, accentuated or made smaller his nose or anything. It was just, he looked goofy here and he didn't look goofy on the app. So what happened? How? And my thing is, it's so deceitful because it's like, you know this about yourself. Like you're clearly aware of your quote unquote negative features, right? The features that may not be as um, desired. So you're aware of these features and of course you're going to present your best self. So now seeing your real self is just... <sighs> It just sucks. And I'm not going to force myself to like someone who I am not only emotionally and mentally unattracted to, but who I'm not physically attract attracted to. No. he. I asked him, oh, do you work out? Like, do you work out? He's like, no, I don't really work out, but it looks like I work out. I'm like, okay, someone's last time you the gym. He's like, oh, it's been a while. That's another thing I'm not doing. I don't like being with guys who don't take care of themselves. Okay? I... Ask him if he cooked. 
he says no, but he does like to eat. So why don't you cook? Like, so that means you're always, that means you're not good with your money. That's what it sounds like to me. Cause you would rather go ahead and order takeout, eat at a restaurant, then spend that time, invest in learning how to cook, learning recipes. That means a lot to me. I want someone who knows how to handle and manage his money and know how to throw down in the kitchen. I'm not saying you gotta be a throw downer. I'll do that, right? But I want you to hold it down. You know, if I didn't want to cook one day and I didn't want to spend the money out to eat or ordering takeout, I want to trust that you're able to feed me and I enjoy it and it's edible, right? If you can't do that, then where are we going? Like, this is not, this is not it for me. So he was saying how, yeah, he has played sports, you know, a lot in high school. Mind you, he's 31. So this whole high school thing, let that shit go. That was 20 years ago. Okay, maybe not 20 years, but you know what I mean? Like, it was a while ago. That shit don't just stay. You have to maintain your weight. You have to maintain your health. You're not in high school anymore, okay? So, and just he showed me a picture of him um, shirt off, and you could see that... He, his body is slim and the, his abs are still poking out, but you could tell that it's not worked on. Like you could tell that it's going to be faded and it's just not as pronounced as it should be, as I would like for it to be. So it was just all these things that I noticed I'm not attracted to. And you got to work out. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go back to the gym and all these things. He's like, yeah, you could help me with that. You know, you love to cook. You could feed me and help me to gain weight. And no, if I got to help you with anything, I feel like, <laughs> not even no, I don't want to say that. I do believe in partnership in a way like I could help you organize, right? I could help you be a better planner, some certain things, but some things like your physical appearance, I'm not going to help you with that. That's so weird to me. I'm not going to help you to better take care of how you look. Don't you care about how you look? That's how you look. Because if we ended up in a relationship, which we wouldn't, but I'm just even hypothetical. I didn't want to speak that, but you know what I mean? But the point is, if you're with someone and that person doesn't take the time to take care of their own self, imagine what would they do and how much they will have fallen off if and when you do leave that person, now this person is suddenly fat as fuck, skinny as fuck because they don't know how to eat well. They don't know how to cook. They don't care enough to do that. That is not the type of person I want in my life. I need you to take care of yourself just on your own accord. And when I do come into your life, you're already there, right? So I don't want to be that person for, you, for him. Anyway, so needless to say, it's blocked. <laughs> It is uh, not an opportunity. I mean, I haven't blocked him, but I will if he does text me again. I don't see this as an opportunity or I, I don't really, I feel like certain times you do have to ghost. I do. I do I do think that you, you don't need to have an explanation for why you don't want to continue with someone sometimes, right? And that sometime is when you literally just started talking to, to that person. It could be one or two days you know, like super fresh. It could be a weekend worth of talking to that person. And if you realize there are certain things that you just don't want to get by, um, certain things that you just don't want to accept and lie down for, you don't have to explain yourself. Because one, sometimes with people, they like to 
Of course, you're going to advocate for yourself. Of course, you're going to profess why I'm the right choice. I'm great. I'm a great person. You're missing out all these things. And no, like I, there's enough for the person. There's enough for me to know when I know for certain this ain't, this ain't it. So there's no convincing, there's no persuasion that you could do to help me change my mind. And I learned that from church, a church nigga, because remember the first time I decided to say to him, hey, I don't really see this going past friendship. Just wanted to make that clear to you. And he kept on asking questions. He kept on asking why. He kept on trying to clarify something. And it just became this discussion. Why am I, oh my gosh, there's a damn moth in here. Why am I discussing with you? Why am I discussing with you my my choice, my reason to not be with you? What? Like that's not that's not something I need to be convinced of, right? This is just something you just know and you don't need to open that door to having that debate with. Period. So, ghosts. I I do encourage ghosting sometimes and Look, sometimes you have to do it just to bear bear yourself from or spare yourself from anything that is not necessary or relevant. So I'm looking around my room because there was a moth in here. I don't see it anymore. And I know they attract light. So I'm trying to look at the lights. Anyway, let me just move on. So I did not expect to last this long simply talking about my online dating experience. Um, but I'm glad that I did. Um, let's dive into insecure. I, uh, I, throughout this season, I realized how much of a narcissist Molly is. Period. And, okay, the mouth is back. Um, look, I understand within the dynamic of her friendship with Issa that Issa has her own flaws. I understand that she, Issa, can be a user sometimes. She can be somewhat of a crutch, right? She doesn't have her shit together all the time. And I get that. Um, but the way Molly is, is just, it trumps all of that. It trumps all of that. She's a type of friend who needs to know that you're chasing after her, that you're begging for her friendship. And it really shows to the character of who she is. It shows this narcissistic type of mindset and personality. This, like, it's a disorder for you to just expect everyone to just fall at your beck, at your beck and call to just acquiesce to you. And I just don't see any room in improvement with that type of person. And look, as optimistic as I am about self-growth and becoming a better version of who you are, right? I don't see that from Molly because she has been in therapy. And yes, therapy is a journey, but she's been on this therapy pattern for a couple of seasons now. And she has yet to showcase any growth. She pushes back to her therapist and it doesn't s seem like she has taken in any of the insight that she's learned. So what does that mean? What is, where 
where does that fit into her relationships? You see the downfall of her relationship with Andrew, Asian Bay, And I'm so glad he let her have it. And I'm so glad that he said to her, you know what? I just, this is like, it's all about you. It's all on your time. You don't care. You don't consider me. You hold on to grudges forever. And this is not working for me. And her energy in the last scene between between um, her and Andrew showed me that she is so willing and so determined to make that relationship work, even though it's clearly not working. But I guess it's not clear to her, obviously. It's not clear to her. And it wasn't enough for her to just step back and sit within herself and grow. But it's like her wanting to make it work with him was her way of saying, hey, look, I do have an example of a of a successful relationship. I do have an example of that, even though it's forced, even though you're forcing a happy space when it's not real. It's not real. This person is not happy with you. So you're living in this la-la land. So anyway, it just further explains the the disconnect that she has mentally and emotionally and the level of growth that she still has to obtain. And I think she needs to be completely ostracized just from all of her friendships for her to really get it. Because obviously therapy is not enough. Obviously hearing uh, just minor feedback from her peers is not enough. She needs to be ostracized. So that's what frustrates me the most about her friendship with Issa because Issa is a friend who is always the bigger person. She is always the one to make that first call, to amend the friendship, to break the silence, to say I'm sorry. And it just, at some point in a friendship, you have to realize this is one way. And the friendship should be two-way. The friendship should be both serving both parties and it's not like that between Molly and Issa so it frustrates me and it just shows me that Issa has yet to grow within herself on that level when it comes to not allowing certain shit from certain people right or people in general to not uh, to know what boundaries are to create boundaries and to hold yourself and honor yourself by following those boundaries. And I know sometimes it's, well, you know, we have that history. We've been friends for so long. And, you know, I I have loyalty to her. I remember all the good times we had in the past. And that's great. You can have as many good times in the past with somebody as you would like. Um, but let's talk about the pattern in this person's behavior. Let's talk about the pattern in this person's speech towards you. Is it uplifting? Does this person see you? Does this person encourage you? Or is this person always putting you down, always expecting you to take accountability while they don't take any? You know, and you have to reach a point in your life, in your adulthood, in your adulting as someone who will not tolerate mess. Like, Issa said a line, she said, I just, I just want to be in relationship with people who make me happy. And the fact that she continues in the season ended with her going back to Molly, meeting her up 
at that restaurant. It just shows me that she still doesn't get what that phrase meant. You want to be in a relationship. You want to be in relationships that make you happy. Why are you going back to Molly then? Right? And I think maybe their friendship could have really ended if Molly was taken off the show. Um, but because she is still a part of this show, I think they're, they have no choice but to kind of work it out. Like, are they just going to be distance fr distant friends or no, not friends at all, yet still on the show, still both has main characters? Like, how does that work? So I guess it's, it's, it was obvious that they would have worked it out, but... I don't know how real that is. And as much as this is art, this is a show, it's not off of real life, but it is off of real life at the same time. And I'm saying that because this show, although it's not painted as an autobiography, right? A, a memoir, a tale, a documentary of real friendships, it in some ways still is, right? They This show is so relatable to so many people. There's a reason why so many of us come together collectively and discuss this show every Sunday on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, people are talking about it, tweeting, texting each other, calling each other and talking about what happened between Lawrence and Condola, talking about what happened with Issa and how Molly fucked it up again. You know, there's a reason for that because it's so relatable and it triggers a moment or moments or just the reality in our life when we have dealt with this set type of friendship, when we have dealt with this said friend in our life who showed what a Molly looks like in their own life. And I had a Molly in my life and that Molly presented herself as such. And I talked about this in my I'm rich bitch episode. And I ended that friendship because I realized the pattern this person's behavior was so toxic and I just could not anymore. And I would have loved if this show, I would have loved it if Insecure would have showed an example of Issa saying, I don't want this anymore. Like, I don't not, I'm not interested in a toxic friend, right? And I know it's hard because like I said, you have history with somebody you know, there are good times when you have with that somebody. It's not easy, right? Yet, I think so much so we see Issa as someone who just takes the grunt of things and she doesn't stand in her own self as much as she should. And we see her just kind of taking the shit from people. And I'm tired of that. And I want to see that growth in her. And it, it just really bothered me when she walked into that restaurant and met up with Molly, and it looked like Molly is just, I don't really care for her, has outside of the character. No offense, but this, I have some commentary on that. Um, but I think with Molly, she's just so, I think she just lacks genuine feelings and thoughtfulness and just commentary. I think she's just a, a disingenuous person, to be honest, okay? And I doubt that she... Maybe she did, and we won't know until next season when it opens up. And I don't know if they will open up from that scene particularly, because I would love to know what they talked about. How did they talk about what they talked about, right? Was Molly dominating the conversation and making it clear that she fucked up, that she has fucked up qualities, and she is sorry? Like, I would love to hear that, because if we're going to talk about repairing and rekindling a friendship with someone who is toxic, who is a narcissist, 
then I want to see how that looks like. Because this is common, like we said. There's a reason why so many of us are attracted to this show because it's relatable, it's engaging. We see it in our lives in different reflections. So I want to see how does it look like for a friendship like that to rekindle? Because this is a real friendship that many of us that I could see in my, that I have seen in my life. So I want to see how do you repair a friendship with someone who has put you down, who has talked shit on you, who has almost attempted to fight you. Okay, that scene would have been enough for me. And for Issa to still play the bigger role and decide to reach out to Molly, even after a few days, I'm glad that she took some time before she decided to reach out to her, but I was still mad that she still reached out to her, you know, especially being the one to do so first. Um, And for her to reach out to her first and they just kind of went over or didn't even talk about what happened. <sighs> it's just enough. It's a lot. And it's enough for me to want to walk away and to already have walked away. So what does it look like to go back to a friend like that? I really hope they dive into that in the first two, three episodes of the next season so we could really see what that looks like. Because I was disappointed as well as so many others because, look, it's fuck Molly still over here. So when I saw that scene, I was just like, oh, here we go. Here we go, Issa. Um, On a final note, I do want to just talk about Lawrence and Condola. Um, I think with that situation, as shocking, not really shocking, because many of us predicted this, uh, like episodes ago, probably two or three episodes ago, when Condola was hitting up Lawrence, um, many of us wondered and predicted that Condola might be pregnant, Condola's pregnant, um, and so, (laughs) Excuse me. <laughs> so when that was revealed, finally, it was like, <gasps> here we go. Like it was shocking, but yet it wasn't surprising much, right? Um, it brought me back to the show, The Game. I, my cousin Joe, may she rest in peace. Love that show. Okay. Love that show. When I tell y'all, me and Joe would talk about that show, talk about med school, Melanie, talk about Duran. I used to, oh, I love Duran. Um, yes, he cheated on med school Mel, but he, he was he was just trying to find himself. So it was just a lot of different factors that that made a lot of people resonate well with that show. So that show was a, just an amazing show during that time before BET fucked it up. Um, so with that show, there's a a whole plot twist that happened and Janae turned up pregnant while med school Mel and Duran was trying to figure out their relationship and they did ended up uh, getting back together and having to deal with the fact that Duran has a baby on the way with Janae. So this just reminded me what happened with Lawrence Condola and Issa reminded me of the game and actually made me want to go ahead and go ahead and watch the game. I think it's available on Hulu. But anyway, it just has, you know, it's a cool plot twist, cool, but it just lacked the creativity that needed to happen. And I think, I wonder with relationships, how far can you go creatively, right? It's going to be the same repeated pattern. Um, 
you already had infidelity that happened and infidelity that happened from um, the hands of a woman, right? And that's not often seen enough. So that already happened. So that's checked off the list of the shock factor. So of course you have to have a, a pregnancy. <laughs> like that, it just was the natural next move. So I understood that as far as the writing goes. So look, I just, I'm still upset that Issa decided to pick Lawrence over Nathan. And yes, I was mad that Nathan decided to ghost her. But given that he provided her and the rest of us some context as to why he did that, he had a mental break and realized that he is bipolar. He is diagnosed with bipolar. And um, I just wanted to, I, I felt like, okay, cool. I'm glad that they are bringing in mental health into this conversation, into this show. But I wanted to know what does that look like as far as dating? You know, what does it look like to date someone who is diagnosed bipolar? Is he someone who takes that seriously and manages his health seriously? Is he on medication? Does he take alternative methods? What does that look like? And he just seems so genuine. And I'm so for someone doing the new thing, right? Going with someone who's new, going with someone who's refreshing because it's liberating. It's refreshing to go with someone who's new rather than going back to what you're comfortable with. I think it's just so easy to do that. And I'm always a con uh, an, advocate an advocate for going the not easy route because you just learn so much more, you grow so much more and you experience more things. You, you see the blossom, the blossoming experiences that you may have with that person because you decide to go on this new journey rather than going on the same old journey. And you might say, oh, well, Lawrence and Issa have grown since their broke up, since their breakup. And they have, you know, grown in their own way. So they are bringing back that new energy and combining with each other. Yeah, but no, at the end of the day, this is the same person that you didn't like their own ways of doing things previously. Now you got to go back to that. And look, everyone has their own things that you may not like about them, but I just, I was just over their relationship. Like I just wanted a new storyline. I think it's so common to see characters go back to each other rather than choosing someone new instead. Like, can we look at a storyline and experience a storyline of someone who chooses who chooses a new person, a new partner, instead of going back to what they already know, instead of going back to what's familiar and what's comfortable? Like, can we see an example of someone who's deciding to go with someone with new energy, with the newness, that I wanna see that? So that just really upset me. And I feel like Issa being just the low self-esteem ass bitch that she is, <laughs> I'm talking about her character, not who she is <laughs> in real life. I don't know her in real life. Um, but her being the way that she is, I don't think has frustrated and has inconvenient to say the least that Condola is pregnant. It just doesn't, I don't think it's enough for her to finally let Lawrence go. And I don't think she has enough of that confidence to really say no and move on. And maybe it is immature to um, decide to leave someone who happened to have an accident baby with someone else. 
um, even though you and that person decided to really make things work and rekindle, I don't think it's immature. I just feel like at some point you have to realize your boundaries. You have to realize what is it that you are not tolerating anymore. And if one of your boundaries is not being with someone who has a baby, whether it's a baby on the way or a baby that's already been there, that's a boundary that you could go ahead and follow. Like it doesn't make you less of a person or less mature. Like I don't think there's any shame in that. Can we be honest and say the frustration with that? You know, who wants to date someone who has a baby on the way? <laughs> you know, and especially knowing that in order to be that parent, to be that present, active parent in that person's life, you really have to be there for the child. And are you mature enough? Or is it just maturity? Or is it just, do you even want to spend your time away from that person because they have to be a father? And there's no time stamp to when to be a father. I know technically there is sometimes because we have custody, we have you know, parents who are not together and they have to figure out a schedule to amplify each other's time with their children. And I get that. But if you could prevent yourself from being in that situation, why not? <laughs> like, why, why put your, like, why willingly go into a relationship like that? Like, y'all not married, y'all not at all bound to each other. I know y'all have that history and I know it's, you know, you guys have rekindled what was. Um, but I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's enough. Maybe that's just me speaking from the standpoint of easily ghosting niggas. Cool. And the answer is still no. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the next season goes. Um, and just one final point, I do want to talk about how Tiffany is postpartum. She is postpartum depressed and I really like that they tackled that topic. I think that was evident for me when she had the baby and she was saying little comments, making it clear that the baby wouldn't latch or um, the other comment when she was finally out of the house and she was partying and she didn't want to go home yet. And her husband decided, oh, okay, I'll just go home. And she just wasn't connected well with her child. And we don't see enough of that. At least I don't see enough of that on my television in media in general. We see more times of women who, I love to be a mother. I love my children. Everything is so happy. Da, 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 da. And it's like, yes, children are a blessing. Yes, you know, you have maybe wanted or in plan for this child. And yet you may feel guilty because after you have planned for this child and this child finally comes into your life, you realize a child is not someone who you love yet enough, right? You may not have fallen so deeply for this child yet. You know how some people are just so quick to say, I'm so in love with my child. I'm so in love with being a mother. It just all comes at you fast. Even though you have been preparing for this day, you have nine months for it. When it happens, it still feels like it has happened so quickly. Oh my goodness, my life is no longer mine. My life is for this child. And there is 
a level of resentment that you feel. And I don't think it makes you a bad person. I don't think it makes you a bad mother. It just makes you honest. And I am all for honesty. So I really appreciate seeing the development of that with Tiffany and seeing how she ran away from home. <laughs> like that shit was real. And I'm grateful that she didn't die by suicide. I'm grateful that she didn't take that route because some people do. Um, I'm grateful that she didn't get hurt in any way. Um, but that was clearly a signal of crying out for help. Like she just wanted a break and it's difficult to have those conversations. And I'm, I was just so glad to see the support that she received from her people, from her tribe. So that was nice of insecure to do that. And I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm looking for the next season and uh, this just, is a lot to go into. Um, but I did enjoy this season. I did enjoy this season. It was a good season. It was a good run. Of course, like everyone else, I hope that next season and season moving forward, it'll be an hour episode because those 30 minutes goes by so fast. And I don't understand why this last episode had to start at 1020. Like, why are you, HBO does that too. Like, suddenly the, the start time is no longer at 10 o'clock. It's suddenly 10.15, 10.03, like, what is that? Can we stick to a time and follow through with that? So I didn't like that, but I'm hoping, and, and with the whole 30-minute episodes, the show is so aesthetically pleasing. Oh my goodness, it's so visually captivating. I am so, I'm just hooked. To my TV screen because of how it looks. The show just looks that good. The colors, the just the richness in the in brown skin, in the in the outfits that they wear, the, the just everything. Everyone just looks beautiful, just beautiful. Just the aesthetic is enough for me to continue to watch the show. And you're so hooked to it that you don't realize how much time goes by. And there's no commercial breaks, thank God. But you don't realize how much time goes by and how short the time is. And there's no time because I, because I wanted to pay attention to the show and not miss any detail. I'm not tweeting, excuse me, while watching the show. I'm not on the phone. I'm not even scrolling on Instagram. I'm so fixated on the show. And I commit to going online after the show has ended to go ahead and talk about what happened in the scene and really go into it and see other people's responses and just thrive in the community that is present online about this show. But I can't do it while I'm watching the show because there's no commercial breaks. There's um, not enough time in the show. So it feels like I'm taking away the time that's already limited to watching the show when I'm on Twitter tweeting about it. You know, so I'm hoping... Moving forward, there'll be our episodes or at least 45 minutes. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But great show. I'm grateful for it. And I look forward to seeing more art. Art is beautiful. Okay, so I'm going to end it here. I appreciate everyone for listening. And I continue to encourage you all to like, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And bless me with some five stars. I really would appreciate that. Also, check out my Patreon. I am posting more content there. So I hope that you are intrigued enough through this free 
ability to listen to my episodes and intrigued enough to become a patron. And by being a patron, you do commit to a certain amount a month. I'm only asking for $5 a month and that will continue to help me to produce more content. So any donation is granted, is appreciated. I love it. And you could donate in different ways. You could donate through just by listening to my show. <laughs> so the more listeners, the better. So you could share, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'm all set here. So thank you all for listening in. I'll catch you all next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.